wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. All right. If uh, you've got a Bible on you uh, or someone else has, then just look over their shoulder and turn to the book of Ephesians, which is in uh, the New Testament. And uh, I know that it's Mother's Day this morning, and I feel like I need to apologize because this isn't really a Mother's Day message, but I just can't help it. And I, I, do, I do apologize if anyone was thinking I was going to be talking about a mother's love or something like that. But I just want to continue on with a little bit of a theme that we started uh, last week. I shared a message last Sunday called, Have You Seen My Keys? And uh, if you weren't here for that, take a listen online at our podcast page. You'll just get up to speed with all of that. But basically, I was just sharing around the importance of allowing God to have His way in our internal world, on the world in, uh, inside of us, on the inside. You know, one thing I've realized is that God's not terribly interested in outward appearances. Right? He couldn't care less about what you look like. I mean, you're all incredibly good looking, but but uh, but he, he really is he really is uh, interested in what's going on on uh, on the inside. And he you know he wants you and I to be free people, right? He wants you and I to have no hang-ups, no restrictions, no restraints, no no stupid habits, no self-destructive behaviors, but just doing life well from the inside out. All right, so if, you, if you're taking notes, I just want to kind of continue this a little bit this morning, and I've entitled uh, this message, let me just see if I can get this going, I've entitled this message, Throw It Off. Turn to the person next to you and say, throw it off. Throw it off. Not your clothes, just stuff I'm about to share about, all right? Keep, yep, okay. Um. And I don't want to talk for too long. I'll let you get home to ring your mum or whatever you need to do today. We're having, a, we're having a Mother's Day roast at our place straight after the service. So I want to read, uh, I want to launch off from Hebrews 12. Keep your fingers in Ephesians chapter 4. And just, it'll come up on the screens. It says this in Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's those in the heavens, let us throw off, say it again, Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run the race with perseverance, or let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let me just say that again. God wants us to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. God, I thank you this morning for your word, that it would bring life and truth in the inside. I thank you, God, that you're doing a work in every single one of us. Even right now, it doesn't matter where we are at on this journey of faith, you are working in us. And I just pray this morning as we come around your word just for a little bit, that God, you'd do something miraculous on the inside in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I've shared this story before, but a, a few years ago, probably five or six years ago, we, we owned a dog named Daisy. And maybe some of you may have uh, met her before, although she, we did not have her for very long, just probably about two years. And uh, she was one of those interbred designer dogs. We actually have another one now, but, but uh, she was one of these designer dogs where they bred the sort of special kind of mixture. Unfortunately, with our breeder, they also bred her brain out. She was brainless. It just didn't, didn't work. And, 
And so there are a few things that she would do. She liked to chase wheelbarrow wheels, which is kind of cute when you're in the garden. And sometimes she liked to chase your bike when you were riding it, which is a little bit of a pain. She also liked to chase trucks, which was never good, never good at all, moving, moving cars and trucks and things. And she never did as she was told, and she always just ran away, took off, got rid of, uh, just jumped out into the hills behind our house and and this drove me insane. Like, it drove me crazy. I was looking online for those dog shot collars, you know, and I found out that you can get ones with the remote, so you can just randomly, like, buzz the dog. And I know that's bad, and I thought, man, this dog, uh, we got to throw this dog off. we got to get rid of this thing. And so uh, I, I wanted just to bury her in the hills above Stoke, but uh, the family thought it would be a better idea to rehome her. Uh, and so she currently lives on Waiheke Island in the North Island. Amazing, right? True story. I was getting photos for months afterwards. I had to contact the new owners and say, please stop, stop sending me photos of this dog. I don't want to know. But uh, you know what? On the, on, the, on, the, on the night before we were to ship Daisy off and take her to the, to the airport, I'd taken her for a really big, long walk so she'd be satisfied and we'd had her groomed and bathed and she was looking all presentable. And I was taking her home from that walk. I let her off the lead, and she ran out into the front door, out the back door, and then up into the hills immediately. I couldn't believe it. And it had been raining, and it was muddy, and there's all sorts of there were cows and cattle up there on that hill. And, and so I shouted from the bottom of the hill, Daisy! And she didn't come. And I could see her just wandering up the hill, staring at me every now and then and continuing to go on. And so I thought, man, I'm going to have to go and get this dog. And so I climbed over the fence, which was barbed wire, had on my favorite pair of shorts. And as I was climbing over, a piece of barb caught the back of my pants. And when I jumped down, it ripped clean in half. I mean, my pants were like, and then I'm like, so I climbed up this bank. And because it had been muddy and there was cattle there, I got to kind of the ridge line and I fell in. I'm not exaggerating this morning. I fell in a bog pit which was basically a large puddle full of cow, urine, rain, and poos. I fell into it up to my knees, and then when I pulled myself up, I was missing one of my jandals. It was gone, and, and oh, I finally got to the top. I got the dog, and I was so furious. The SPC are going to have take me away this morning. I may have smacked the dog with the dog lead, and then she ran off again. Anyway, I'll keep this short. I lay on the ground. I was like, get me, Daisy. And she eventually came, but I couldn't get down the way I'd come up because now it was dark. And so I had to walk all the way down this farmland to the beginning of the street, walk up the street with black up to my knees, one jandal and a huge hole in my pants. The story goes on because the next day I'm like, oh, this dog has got to go. I took her to the airport. We had borrowed a crate. I got to the airport. The, the airport people said, I'm sorry, but this crate is now uh, not, not legal. I thought, what? Are you kidding me? This thing, you know, it was like a prison. And, uh, and they said, no, the laws have changed. I said, when have the laws changed? They said, this morning at 8 a.m. And the only thing they had that did meet the rules that I could have borrowed was a cat crate. 
And I got this dog, and I'm like, just get in there, just get in there, you got to go. And anyway, long story short, the dog stayed in a nice big crate, and uh, she, she is, is gone. But all of that to say, it's sometimes it's hard to throw some things off that we don't need anymore, right? Sometimes it's hard to get rid of stuff, right? <laughs> some, they, don't, they, don't, they don't always go easy. And I just want to give you this morning a very simple message, a very simple key, but a very powerful key, I believe, to help you get the junk out from your lives. And I, I love dogs, okay? I love dogs, just not that one. But, but uh, a lot of people... A lot of people, even those of us who've discovered the power of God, who've discovered the saving grace of Jesus, thank you, Jesus, we've discovered his goodness in our lives. We still, we still struggle with stuff, right? We still struggle with stuff from time to time. And, and, and we, you know, we think, man, I, I ought to have gotten rid of this already. Why, why am I still struggling with this? Or I thought I'd gotten rid of this, but it's, but it's come back. and It's still hanging around me like a mad dog. And, and I just want to just give you a couple of, couple of keys this morning. I want to tell another quick story, though, that will help illustrate this one. Again, I've told this a number, number of years ago. When, when I was about 20 years old, I uh, had finished my tertiary education and I was working for a, an electrical contractor in Parapara Umu. And my, t- my title was Gopher. That was literally on my business card. They made it up as a joke and they teased me relentless for it. And uh, one, of the, one of the more exciting things that I got to do was I, I, uh, I got to uh, plot the positions of power line poles with a, a GPS device. So after the poles had gone in, they, they, th- this company dealt with like power substations and big, the big transmission lines. And so I would go along and uh, plot these poles for what they call as-builts, the finished plans once it was all done. And if you even have a photo of this, so this is me when I'm 20 years old. Uh, yep, skinny me, eh? Woo! Oh, boy. And uh, back in the day, this was the 1990s, people, but back in the day, you did not just have like a smartphone with a GPS on it, right? You had a whole lot of equipment. And so what I'm carrying in my backpack is part of the GPS, and then there's an aerial out the back, and then in the yard was the base station, which you could uh, had to wait for the satellites to come on, and then you'd go out in a small window of time, and that's all you had. And then in, in my hand is this handheld unit that you would hold onto and it had a big black uh, elastic band to kind of keep it in your hands and that handheld unit alone was worth about twenty thousand dollars another twenty thousand for all the other stuff so I was given this task I'd be sent out hey listen we've we've put some power poles in over this farm could you go and plot it for them and so one morning I'm in fact it might have even been this morning I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going I have a bad sense of direction even with the GPS but I went onto this farmland, there was about 30 power poles, and I'd go to the pole, and I'd write down the number, and, uh, and, and, and then plot it, and then I'd move on to the next one, and uh, I, I couldn't get across to the other side where the next power pole was because there was a stream, right? And a tree had fallen over the stream. I could have walked all the way down to the other side and come across a bridge, but I decided I'd walk across this tree. Now, this tree was old and it was rotten. I don't fall in, okay? That's not the punchline. And as I was walking across it, I'm thinking, you know what? I bet there's some huge spiders in this tree. 
Like as I'm walking across it, I hate spiders. I got across to the other side, I was okay. And I went to plot the next power pole and I looked down at my hand at this, at this handheld unit and what I saw, or what at least I thought I saw, were the large hairy legs of the biggest spider I have ever seen in my life coming out from behind that thing. Well, what I didn't say was this handheld unit was attached to the backpack with one of those telephone cords, little kind of things. Well, I got this, and the only thing I knew to do was just to throw it as hard and as fast as I could while I screamed at the top of my lungs, very high-pitched. Only the cows could hear me. Well, of course, what I didn't realize is what it was attached to, the elastic cord, and it just so it came straight back at me. And I'm just whacking this thing going, ah! It's bouncing back. I'm kicking it. I'm just throwing this thing, and it just keeps coming back at me. Finally, I kind of get some composure, and I just, I kind of just calm down. And it's sitting there on the other side, facing downwards. And I realised that it wasn't spider's legs; it was the frayed edges of this elastic band that were kind of coming off to the side. And I realised, man, I've just been kicking a twenty-thousand-dollar piece of computer because of a black elastic band. Fortunately, it was, it was okay. And I kind of got thinking, you know what, with some of the things that God's calling us to throw off, to, to get rid of, you know, we, we try and throw them off, but they just have a way of bouncing back at us. You know, they just keep coming back at us like kind of a stretchy cord. We think we're free of it, and then here it is again, right, right in front of us. And to our best intents, we try to throw things off like the book of Hebrews says, but they just come back, they bounce back at us, sometimes even harder than before. Well, in Ephesians 4, if you've got a Bible, you can, you can turn there. The Apostle Paul, he gives us this key, really to live a life free from junk, free from sin, free from spiders, legs, and crazy dogs. And uh, this is a very simple thought with you this morning, I'm not going to take too long, but you'll see that it has everything to do with putting off and putting on something that is very crucial. Verse 21 of Ephesians 4 on the screens as well, if you don't have a Bible, it says this, just kind of coming in sort of halfway through the context of this, it says, if indeed you have heard him, heard Jesus, heard the Holy Spirit, and you've been taught by him, this is Ephesians 4, 21, as the truth is in Jesus that you put off. Everyone say put off. You put off concerning your former conduct, the old man. Everyone say old man. Put off the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on, everyone say put on, the new man, say new man, Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Let me just read this out without you uh, uh, coming out as well. He says this, listen, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and then put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. What is he talking about? Well, I believe if we can really get a hold of this, it will change everything. Think about your life. Paul says here that we're to put off one thing and put on another. 
And I don't want you to think about all the stuff specifically that you may need to put off, all of your bad habits, the fact that you bite your nails or pick your nose. But just think about this one thing, putting off the old man and putting on the new man. What he's talking about is your old nature. I'm speaking to people who are following Christ this morning and your new nature, your old nature and your new one. If you've received Christ and you've made him Lord, which is what we talked about last week, the Bible says that you have a new nature. You are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All right? That is the best news. The best news. And a lot of Christ followers believe that they're still kind of fighting against or battling with their sinful nature. I may have even said it from the front before that it's just my sinful nature, kind of got to give it a kick every now and then. Well, as I've read through the Bible, particularly Romans, I've found that according to the scriptures, when it comes to our sinful nature and the life of a believer, guess what? You don't have one. Come on. You don't actually have one. I mean, what? According to the Bible, Paul, again, the Apostle Paul says repeatedly in Romans 6, your sinful self is dead. It is, is dead. Verse 1 says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. Who can, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Verse 6, we ought to know, we know that our old self was crucified. The old man was crucified with him, with Christ, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Verse 7 says, for one who died has been set free from sin. Guess what, believer? You've been set free from sin. Verse, verse 11 says this, so you must consider yourselves. Come on. You must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in God in Christ Jesus. Verse 18. I mean, we could just keep reading all the way through, through Romans 6. It says, having been set free from sin, you've now become slaves of righteousness. And on and on and on it goes. In Colossians 3, actually, I won't, I won't go there because we'll just keep going with this, but one of the key issues as a Christ follower who is still struggling with issues, and I, I get it, I know this, that it's not to focus on how bad you may be, but to be reminded of who you are. That is such a key, key thing there. You must focus on who you are in Christ. Because you know what? The reality for most of us is that we are often persuaded by the wrong things, by the wrong voices, by the wrong thoughts, by the wrong motivations, and particularly by the wrong belief of who Christ has made us and what took place on that cross and what happens when we receive his righteousness into our lives. In my opinion, notice I said opinion, in my opinion, and I do have a Bible verse to back this up this morning, that in the life of a believer, the Holy Spirit is not interested in convicting you of sin. I know that's a little controversial. Let me finish. You'll go, I think I agree with him now. The Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is not interested in convicting you of sin. He is only interested in convincing you of your righteousness. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on, let me prove this to you. 
Let me explain this because this, this is going to change someone's life. In the New Testament, I think I got this. There is this word, elichon. And I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but it's a big, strange word. And, and our English has given it four English words. The word convict, the word reprove, convince, or persuade. And so when we hear that, the, the, sorry, the, the Bible in its original language doesn't differentiate between these three English words. And so when we hear the word convict, we immediately think of it in its modern translation, which means to be, to be found guilty of doing something bad, right? You've been a bad boy. You've been convicted. And so we only use this word in a negative, in a negative sense, but by its actual definition, it can be used to describe something really good. And so here's the question as a believer, is God convicting you of sin or convincing you of righteousness? There's a big difference and it has huge implications and outcomes. I'm getting through this quick because it's Mother's Day. But in John chapter 16, it says this, verse 8 says, when he has come, speaking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin. All right, so let's just get that clear. Verse 10, uh, verse, it says, He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So three things, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, convicting the world of sin and righteousness and a judgment. Verse 9 says, of sin because they do not believe in me. Speaking about the world, those who don't believe in me, I'm, my job is to convict them, to see them turn to Christ and bow the knees of their heart. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more and we have received the gift of righteousness and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Speaking about the devil. He's saying, man, listen, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin, convince the believers of their righteousness, and give the devil a kick in the teeth. All right? If we can kind of simplify that. And so Jesus describes exactly who the Holy Spirit would come and convict and exactly what he was going to convict them of. And it's our job, it's, it's rather it's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict un, uh, uh, to convict. Believers, convince believers of who they are in Christ. It really comes down to an issue of identity when it comes to throwing off some of the things that cause us pain. We don't need convicting of who we're not. We need convincing of who we are. All right? You don't need convicting of who you're not. You need convincing. You know, you're a son and a daughter of the living God. You don't have to live like this. What are you believing? What lie are you believing that's causing you to live below who God's created you and purposed you to be? You're not just a sinner saved by grace. You're the righteousness of God. And guess what happens if you keep on confessing, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You'll become, keep on becoming a sinner. But we're no longer sinners, saved by grace, we're the righteousness of God. I promise not to go too heavy this morning because it's Mother's Day. The real issue is I kind of just begin to wrap this little, little thing up is, is are we being sin conscious or Christ conscious? 
Because often these things kind of pair themselves up with each other. As I've spoken to people in sort of a few years of pastoral ministry, talking to people, and they come with shame and condemnation and the weight of their problems, and they're expecting me as their pastor to give them a whack over the back of the head and say, you bad boy. But what I do instead is say, look up, don't look down, because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Listen, I want to speak into your true identity, because this is not who you are, what you've been doing. You are this. And speak about the, 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 the identity in Christ. Sometimes I think we're so obsessed with sin and not on righteousness. We focus on one. We spend our lives like watching out for sin and, and resisting sin and, and, and fighting sin and hiding from sin and, and owning up to sin and talking about sin and turning from sin. And that's true and it's all important, but with so much emphasis on sin and the accompanying guilt and shame that comes with it, it's any wonder why so many of us don't actually feel righteous which means I am in right standing with the one who created me because of the work of the cross. Nothing that I've done, but because of his perfect record that in exchange when he died and I receive him as Lord and Savior, he gives me his perfect record and he takes my sinful record and it's gone. All right, and so the church has to be awakened to righteousness because it is her birthright. And it's, and it's our identity. Paul says in Ephesians 4, I'm not going to be too much longer. It says, we're to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. We're going to do some mind renewal. We have to reprogram our thoughts and, the, and our mindsets about who we actually are. We've got to remind ourselves, hang on, wait a minute. I'm not this person any longer. When you find yourself doing stupid things, when you find yourself stumbling and falling short, which we will all do from time to time, you've got to remind, this, this behavior is not who I am. I'm a child of God. I am his righteousness. I am no longer a slave to sin. I have, sin has been conquered, defeated in me, and I need to live up to that standard of who, who, who I am. I don't have to live like this. Focus on who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And confess, I have been set free. My old man is dead, and I'm going to live up to this new creation that God has made me. Not live down to who I'm not. So God, come on, I just want to pray this morning. God, I, I thank you, Father, for those who are walking with you this morning. Lord, help us to, to really know, to really understand who you've made us to be who you've made us to be as a son and daughter, who you've, who you've called us to. I, I pray, God, for those who are on this journey, who have not yet surrendered their heart, surrendered their life to you to, to be Lord and Savior, that, God, we would recognize the, the true blessing, the true joy of standing, of walking in this life without no shame, with perfect peace, with love and acceptance, with this new identity of your righteousness. And I pray for anyone here this morning who's not yet taken that step, you've not yet bowed the knees of your heart, maybe even now while every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're going, wow, wow, you fit a lot in 20 minutes. <laughs> but wow, I, I wanna know this Jesus who can set me free from the inside out. I want to bow the knees of my heart to this Jesus who can give me his perfect record for my sinful one. I want to know this Jesus who can give me a new nature on the inside. 
that I can be convinced that I've become who He says that I am. Just while every head's bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, you don't know Jesus, but you want to receive Him this morning as Lord and Savior, just give me a big wave. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to drag you up the front, but just when the service is over, it's awesome. You put your hand down. Anyone else this morning saying, yep, I, I want to receive Christ. I want to receive Him. The inside of my life, that He can make His way up and out. Is there anyone today? Anyone else today? We've got people who are going to be able to pray for you if you've got any needs. But God, I thank you as we go out of this place this morning that we'd walk in righteousness, that we would strive or try harder, but God, we would rest in who you've already made us. May that be a revelation to some of us this morning. I'm already loved. I'm already in right standing. I'm already justified. I'm already walking in perfect peace. I am already the righteousness of Christ in Him. Thank you, Father. As we go from this place, as we celebrate Mother's Day, time with our family today, I just pray the reality of your identity in our lives in Jesus' name. Come on us strong this week. Why don't you put your hands in a receiving position? I just want to pray. Dee's going to come and share some notices first. God, I thank you this week as we go out of this place. Lord, I thank you that church doesn't just happen on a Sunday for an hour and a bit, but God, it happens when we leave this place. That righteous ones will go out, not because of what we have done, but because of what you've done. And I just pray the empowerment of your Spirit upon us, the Holy Spirit. Remind us this week of who we are. Remind us this week of who you've called us to be. And remind us of who we're not because of what you've done. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen. Come on, I don't reckon we just give the Lord a clap because he's worthy and he's worth it. Thanks, God. Thanks for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz. Love to see you on Sundays, 10 a.m. 101 Hardy Street.